Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. This is the post-game podcast. Today on the show, what happened in Timberwolves-Wizards? The Timberwolves fell in extremely disappointing fashion on Tuesday. I want to talk about what happened defensively. Of course, that's the key takeaway from this game is the Timberwolves defense. But what specifically happened? What do they have to do to fix this before the play-in next week? Which, very likely now, that's where the Timberwolves are headed. There's a sliver of a hope that they can get into the playoffs. We'll break that down, too. Uh, It's all coming up with the show. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. And I guess a not so happy Wednesday in Timberwolves land after a miserable loss to the Wizards Tuesday. We're going to break down what happened, uh, specifically what happened on the defensive end of the floor for the Wolves on Tuesday. And what, what can they do to avoid this from happening again? What are the main concerns now heading into like um, essentially playoff basketball, the play in, which is very likely where the Wolves are headed is, is coming up here in just a week. Um, so what went down Tuesday? What can we do to avoid that? So that's all upcoming here on the show today, uh, as well as, of course, individual studs and duds and all the stuff we do typically on the postgame pod here at Lockdown Wolves. First of all, quick thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. The show is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, or our friends at Odyssey. You will find Lockdown Wolves wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also my account, which is at B Beacon, and that's with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. So, what happened? Timberwolves lost the Wizards on Tuesday. They were talked about this on Tuesday's show. Going into the game, the Wolves were 13 and a half point favorites at betonline.net. Uh, it was only a hair higher. I thought the line would be 12 and a half, 13. Like the, no matter how you slice it, the Timberwolves were double digit favorites at home against a non-playoff team with no incentive to win. No Bradley Beal, of course, uh, for the Wizards. The Timberwolves were only missing Patrick Beverly. Jade McDaniels returned somewhat unexpectedly. He was listed as doubtful on Tuesday. When I recorded Tuesday's show, he was listed as doubtful. Patrick Beverly wasn't actually even on the injury report. Beverly did not play for the second straight game with the ankle injury. And, uh, both Malik Beasley, who was listed as probable, and McDaniels listed as questionable play. And McDaniels was on a 15-minute restriction. He played exactly 15 minutes. But uh, the Wolves, man, they were up three at the end of the first quarter. They were down one at halftime. But this was, this was, I mean, this is it isn't like the Wolves were up and lost late or this was a close game. I mean, this was a pretty definitive Wizards win. They were up double figures going to the fourth quarter. It was like a 13-point game, and they quickly stretched it. Uh, the Wolves started the fourth with Carl Anthony Towns and the starters, most of the starters on the bench. The Wizards stretched it to a 20 plus or 20 ish point lead, I guess, by the time Towns came back in. I mean, this this wasn't this wasn't good um, in terms of the level of competitiveness from the Timberwolves. I want to start the show with my one key takeaway, as we've been doing here for a while now on the postgame pod. And then I'll hit a couple more t- takeaways next before we do individual performances, studs and duds. Um, so the first thing is. Defensively, the Timberwolves gave up 132 points to the Washington Wizards. Washington Wizards without Bradley Beal. Again, I mean, what happened? Well, let's dig in a little bit. So, well, first of all, I should say 
What the Wizards, of course, coming into this game were 34 and 44, not a playoff team, no Bradley Beal, all those things. They're the 21st rated offensive team in terms of offensive rating. They were lower before this game. They're now the 21st. They're like 22nd or 23rd, I think, coming into this game. Um, not a good offense, no matter how you slice it. The Timberwolves, of course, lost to Washington back on December 1st. We talked about that on Tuesday's show. In that game, uh, Bradley Beal was good. Daniel Gafford went nuts. We'll talk about that later because he kind of did again in this game. For we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, Montrez Harrell, of course, was traded at the deadline. He uh, had a monster game against the Wolves off the bench back in December, and in this game, that that role of big going nuts against the Timberwolves was Kristaps Porzingis, also uh, or not also, but he was acquired near the trade deadline by Washington. So, what happened to the Timberwolves defensively, um, and what can we do to to avoid? this happening again. Well, the first thing is in the first quarter, the Timberwolves committed one personal foul. If you listen to the show, you know, I talk all the time about the Timberwolves being the league's worst team when it comes to opponent free throw rate and overall personal fouls per game. They're still last in both categories. Um, and so for the Timberwolves to complete a quarter while only committing one foul is, is basically a miracle. I mean, it, it is, it's a miracle, right? They're awful at committing fouls. They average, you know, you look at the per game numbers, that means per quarter, they're averaging six-ish, you know, five and a half, six per quarter. They committed one personal foul in the first quarter, which is great. It's all fine and dandy until you look up and realize they gave up 35 points. So yeah, I mean, defending without fouling is great, but it's more important to actually defend and maybe commit a couple of fouls because you're being aggressive. Typically, the Wolves are too aggressive defensively. And while they were playing the passing lanes, they were certainly gambling at times in this game. Um, and they did have six steals. The Wizards only committed 10 turnovers. They're, the Timberwolves' streak of forcing opponents to commit double-digit turnovers was very much on the line in this game. Uh, the defense was just not aggressive. This was It was almost a, a sense of disinterest from the Wolves, which of course makes no sense. And, and Denver actually went out and lost to Memphis on Tuesday, which we maybe could have expected given that they were playing the Grizzlies. And the Wolves would have been within a game of the sixth seed. All they need to do is show up and play a non beat a non playoff team ten games below five hundred, a bottom eight offense in the league, without their best player in Bradley Beal, and the Timberwolves showed no interest overall, but especially defensively. Uh, defending without following does not matter if you just give up a ton of points. I mean, like, like it, it just doesn't matter at that point, and that's what happened in the first quarter of this game, really throughout the game, I mean, the Wizards scored 30 plus in every single quarter, 31 plus in every single quarter of this game. But the Wolves dropped 38 in the first quarter, so they're up 38, 35. But uh, they just didn't play defense. The help defense especially was the biggest issue. Sometimes the point of attack was okay, but the backside help wasn't there. There was one particular play, I think this was third quarter, where the ball got swung to the corner and uh, or or the initial point of attack Got in, got inside the arc. Was looked like they were going to drive into the paint. Malik Beasley stepped up as the low man, and basically pointed at Anthony Edwards, who was supposed to get out to the corner and uh, contest a potential three point shot when the ball got swung to the corner. Edwards did not move. Beasley kind of did one of these, just kind of swung his arm out, kind of like we see D'Lo do quite a bit. And the Wizards had somebody setting a setting a screen, setting a down screen or a, a pin down, I guess, on the baseline to get. Um, to, to get the shooter free in the corner and nobody made contact with the screener. Nobody was within 10 feet of the shooter in the corner. Nobody made an effort to get to the corner to contest the shot. Ant pointed or Beasley pointed Ant didn't even turn his head. I don't think to look at the shooter, the screener 
screened as if he was expecting to screen somebody or almost the way I saw it as, I can't remember who it was in the Wizards, whichever big man was setting the pin down. He was, it was, he was like he was mocking the Wolves. He was screening air like you would in a shell drill in practice because nobody was even attempting to get to the corner. It was pretty embarrassing. I, I wish I had written down exactly what time that was at, but I'm pretty sure it was third quarter. The help defense, the recovery, the the rotations, it was all at least, sometimes it's a half step slow. This was a full step slow. And in this case, it was like 20 steps slow. Nobody even bothered to try to get around the screener to attempt to contest the three-point shot from the corner. The biggest culprits in my mind in this game, and they weren't alone, Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell, went at the point of attack, struggled, help defense, especially from Ant, was just awful. And that's just one play that I, that I cited. But the effort level was simply not there. Um, I didn't get that as much from Carl Anthony Towns. I didn't get it as much from some of the guys off the bench. Torian Prince was pretty good defensively. Jordan McLaughlin was his typical self. But the lack of urgency and lack of effort is not something that I was expecting to say after Tuesday's game, but here we are. Okay, I have some more takeaways as well that don't have to do with the lazy defense. We're going to hit all those next before we do individual studs and duds. First of all, let's talk about our new friends over at Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for just a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays Insane Protection Program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay absolutely nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for the best deal of the season, 50% off. Two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Thanks again for making Locked On Wolves your first listen each and every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Uh, it is the best way to get caught up on the previous night's action. If you missed what happened in uh, Denver, Memphis, for instance, if you missed what happened across the league uh, as there's playing battles, of course, in both conferences, uh, if you were locked in on the Wolves, listen to Locked On Now. It's going to give you the best sense of what went down instead of um, sorry, I keep saying Denver played Memphis. That's not what happened. They still have to play Memphis. They actually played San Antonio. Um, for It's neither here nor there. Memphis lost to Utah in overtime for what that's worth. But uh, uh, see, exactly. I didn't have a chance to watch the Denver game because I was locked in on the Wolves. So listen to Lockdown now. You get a sense for what happened the previous night around the league. Instead of just looking at box scores, instead of watching the highlight shows, perusing Twitter, uh, go check out the Lockdown Now podcast. Okay. Uh, let's talk other key takeaways from this game. Um, we talked defense. That wasn't good. Related to that, though, one last note on defense. The Timberwolves continue to struggle massively with size. Um, big front lines give the Timberwolves a ton of trouble. That's been the case all season long. The Wolves remain one of the league's worst defensive rebounding teams. They've improved a little over the course of the season, but they're still bottom three by almost any metric, uh, defensive rebounding percentage, especially a rate, the Wolves are, are really bad when it comes to defensive rebounding. They also 
don't defend their, I mean, their block number of block shots are fine, uh, but a lot of it is, is recovery chase down blocks. They, they don't overall defend the rim all that well. Carl Anthony Towns is not an outstanding paint protector, even though he's much improved defensively. There's a reason the Wolves are better when he plays high wall defense, when he's showing hard on the pick and roll. Um, I mean, he's just better in, in that space than he is backpedaling towards the rim. And Nas Reed has decent block shot numbers, but he's not your typical rim protector. And also the Wolves don't have a four that protects the rim. Jared Vanderbilt, another good player and good athlete, but he's undersized. And the Wolves just struggle to rebound one through five as well. I mean, outside of Vanderbilt and Towns, uh, and, and even Nas isn't all that good of a rebounder for a center. The Wolves don't have guys that play other positions that are plus rebounders. And, and that's an issue, but in general, defensively, they struggle with size uh, in this game. Again, two games against the wizards and two big Daniel Gafford games. I just don't even know. He shot. Uh, I forget what it was. The first game I talked about on Tuesday show, but he was, he started, he was went nuts against the wolves in this game. He scored 24 points on 11 shots, 10 of 11 shooting for Daniel Gafford and 12 rebounds. He had 24 and 12 off the bench. For the Wizards, Carl Anthony Towns had 26 and 10 for the Wolves. I mean, and Gafford was far more efficient. A ton of lob dunks, a ton of just dunks at the right, you know, right at the front of the rim. He was getting all of his shot attempts. Um, and just a really easy game for the Wizards. Big man, Chris Epps, Porzingis. So the first time around, it was Montrez Harrell, no longer with the Wizards. Now this time it was Chris Epps, Porzingis, 25 points on 11 of 17 shooting. He knocked down three threes in this game too. 25 and eight for Porzingis. Um, and uh, Rui Hashimura, who's their starting four, had a big game. 21 points on 15 shots, five rebounds, four assists, three made threes. Uh, the Wizards had their way at the rim. And it, it's not simply a Carl Anthony Towns problem. Again, it's it's the help defense. It's the consistency of the Timberwolves low man stepping up in their scheme. It's absolutely vital that whoever the low man is, is stepping up and providing some resistance in the paint. That did not happen with consistency in this game. And when it did, as I mentioned earlier, the kick out pass to the corner or wherever on the perimeter, the Timberwolves were not getting out and contesting um, well at all. I, they just, it just wasn't happening. And to, the, the crazy thing is the Timberwolves actually did, again, not just in the first quarter, across the board in this game, did a really good job not fouling. They only committed 16 total personal fouls. The Wizards only attempted 14 free throws. The Wolves were a plus 11 in the free throw attempt category. And the Wizards only made seven of their 14 free throw attempts. They were 50% from the line. So the Wolves were actually a plus 11 in free throws made in this game too. Um, but they still managed to lose by 18 to a bad team. Uh, so no matter how you slice it, struggling with size is an issue. Look at some of the playoff teams the Wolves will be facing. I mean, that's not ideal. Uh, or the team, the teams the Wolves are likely to be facing. We're going to start breaking down the likely play-in matchup and then who the Wolves could face if they get past the play-in. Uh, in the first round of the playoffs. I want to start looking at those matchups. How did the Wolves' struggles on the glass, how do their struggles uh, to defend without fouling, how do they line up with, how do they align with these good um, these good offenses that the Timberwolves are going to very likely play in the play and in the playoffs? So we're going to, later this week, start looking at that. Okay, um, next thing. This was a high-volume Carl Anthony Towns game. More of an observation than anything else, but we haven't seen a lot of those. And it wasn't only drives either. We saw still a lot of drives, um, but Cat actually attempted eight three-pointers in this game. I don't, I could pull it up, I guess, but I don't remember the last time he attempted eight three-pointers. It's been a minute, uh, but 10 and 24 shooting for Cat. Again, a big first quarter. He had like 13 and five and I think three or four assists in the first quarter in this game. 
But again, he did so much of his damage then. The Wolves kept him out for the first like seven minutes of the second quarter, and he hadn't even committed a personal foul. But the Wolves had a little bit of a lead, and this felt like a game. I don't blame Chris Finch for this. It's a game that the Wolves should have won easily. And uh, um, then by the time he came back in, he had lost his rhythm, did not close the first half strong. The Wolves didn't as a team, and Cat never really found it. He tried to force a bunch in the fourth quarter, which is part of the reason it was such a high-volume game. Um, Of his 24 shot attempts, I'd be willing to bet nine of them came in the fourth quarter, I'm guessing, but that seems right to me. I mean, it was a really kind of a, let's go, let's play some hero ball to get back into this. And I don't blame him for that. I mean, nobody else was, Ant wasn't shooting the ball well. D'Lo just didn't, I mean, D'Lo was fine offensively, but he wasn't, he wasn't like, you know, ice in his veins D'Lo at that point in the game. And so, you know, why not? Why not try and go off? And, and Towns tried, uh, it just didn't work late in the game. Uh, to answer my question from earlier, Towns did attempt seven threes against the Nuggets just on Friday in that win, but he hadn't attempted eight or more since March 14th, so nearly a month, about three weeks plus, and that was the 60-point game against the Spurs. But besides that, it's been since February 15th, so it's happened essentially once per month, or I guess that's a weird way to say that. It's happened twice in the past two months has Towns actually attempted eight or more threes in a game, so it doesn't happen often. Um but it was good to see him attempt more threes. He just, he made only two of them though, I guess is, is the only thing. Uh, last takeaway, this, uh, the Timberwolves bench was underwhelming in this game in terms of scoring the ball. Uh, now the Wizards bench, they only played eight guys and their bench was phenomenal. I mean, everybody on their bench scored, all three guys scored 11 or more. They got 24 from uh, from Gafford. They got 17 from Abdia and uh, Ish Smith scored 11 points, had 14 assists off the bench in the Wolves. The Wolves are struggling with size. They also struggle with, diminutive quick point guards uh, or guards in general, that trend continues as well. And Ish Smith just really picked the Wolves apart. 14 assists, zero turnovers for Ish Smith against the Timberwolves in this game. Ish Smith, he of 12 NBA teams um, over the course of his career, which by the way, tied for the most teams played for of any player in NBA history. Uh, But 11 and 14, zero turnovers for Ish Smith off the bench. The Timberwolves bench, Jalen Will had a good game, 11 points in just 12 minutes. Uh, he was squeezed out of the ro- well, not out of the rotation. He played less minutes for a couple of reasons. One, Jordan McLaughlin didn't play enough in Sunday's game against Houston, the near loss to a bad Rockets team. And Chris Finch was trying to right that wrong by giving some more minutes to uh, Jordan McLaughlin. And understandably so, the Wolves were struggling defensively. He's a better defender than Jalen Noel. The second thing was the Wolves were struggling defensively and needed a spark. So Josh and Kogi got some second half minutes as well, played five minutes in this game. Um, but Jalen Noel scored 11 in 12 minutes, played well, got to the line six times, made five of them, two or three outside the arc. So a good game for Jalen. Torian Prince was good. He was good defensively, fine on offense, 11 points on eight shots in 23 minutes, but there just wasn't any offensive punch. Nas Reed had a poor game. Jade McDaniels didn't do anything offensively. He was 0-1 shooting. That was it. Um, Jordan McLaughlin in 21 minutes attempted three shots, was 0-1 outside the arc. The bench punch was sorely lacking. And of course, there's a trickle-down effect. No Patrick Beverly in this game meant Beasley starts. Beasley does play better when he starts. I've talked about that extensively on the show. But it means that there's no Beasley off the bench. And it's not like adding Jaden McDaniels back in is going to help that much offensively on any given night, especially in a minutes restriction and shaking off rust. So the bench just needs to be better in the playoffs. And and, and I think the only way you're going to generate bench scoring is open three-pointers for Torian Prince or Jalen Noel's doing it all. Formerly Malik Beasley eventually moves back to the bench. But that's where you're going to find that offense. And in a game where the Wolves had to keep pace with the Wizards, 
it surprised me a little that Chris Finch didn't have a little more Jalen Noel action in the second half. I know they struggled defensively, but at, you know, they weren't defending anyway, you know, playing Josh Kogi or Jordan McLaughlin over Jalen Noel wasn't probably going to get you back in the game at that point. You just had to outscore them, which isn't a recipe to win in the playoffs, but could have maybe beaten the Wizards here. And, and that's not what he opted to do. Okay. Let's close the show by looking at individual studs and duds, as we always do here on the show. First though, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. We're in April now and, uh, a lot of folks, let's face it, have given up on all their news resolutions by now, probably several weeks ago. But not me this year. I'm still sticking to my resolution to eat, right? Believe it or not, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really even a resolution, though, because I actually enjoy eating Built Bars. Have you tried Built Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100%. Real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite. There's some great flavors. Yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. I actually, for the first time, tried the new brownie batter flavor. I believe they're still available at Built.com. I got those in the mail the other day. Fantastic. Delicious. Uh, by the way, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That includes Puffs. 100% real chocolate. You can go to Built.com. Scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be absolutely blown away. High protein, low cal. High fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and only four net carbs, plus 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which typically will have around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. There's tons of delicious flavors, and if Built thinks the flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and it will be good for you. And at Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make the bars taste delicious first and then they figure out how to make them healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they truly do pull it off every single time. I'm serious. The brownie batter puffs are phenomenal. I, I, they're brand new. I had them for the first time yesterday. Super good. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's close by looking at individual studs and duds for the Wolves in this one. It's actually not all that easy. I don't know that anybody played a good all-around game for the Timberwolves. This was just kind of a complete uh, total systems failure for Minnesota in this game. If I have to pick a, a studs for this game, I have to go with Carl Thitty Towns. I think he the stat line isn't all that impressive, but he wasn't the Timberwolves' main problem defensively. And fourth quarter, again, he was trying to shoot the Wolves back into the game. I can't blame him for that. He still had 26, 10, and four. He didn't get in a foul trouble. He had zero goose egg turnovers in this game. The 10 of 24, the two of eight from outside the arc, that again is mostly due to just gunning in the fourth quarter. He only attempted five free throws in this game. I thought the game was officiated well, but again, and, and the Wolves as a team got 25 free throw attempts. They just stopped being aggressive on both ends of the floor and the Wizards only had 14. So the officiating was fine. That This wasn't a case of Towns not getting the whistles. He just uh, didn't get to the rim quite enough in this game. The Wizards did a pretty good job of defending him without fouling. Um, but Towns was still one of the Wolves' best couple of players on the floor in this game, no doubt. I'm going to give one to Jalen Noel, 11 points in just 12 minutes. Two of four shooting, two of three outside the arc, five of six at the free throw line, a very high free throw volume game for him. Three rebounds and assists to steal, zero turnovers. He was a plus five in his 12 minutes off the bench in a game that the Wolves lost by 18. By the way, he was the Timberwolves' only Positive plus minus player besides Josh Kogi, who played just five minutes and th at least three of those were garbage time. So Jalen Noel, Carl Thitty Towns, both studs. If I had to pick a third player in this game, I suppose I would go with 
Ugh. I suppose I'd go with uh, with D'Angelo Russell. The defense was not good, but he continues to orchestrate the offense very well. I mean, the Wolves had a decent offensive game. The fourth quarter was not good. But overall, I mean, he had 17 and 11, 7 of 14 shooting, an efficient night, 2 of 6 outside the arc. He was only 1 of 2 at the free throw line. But in 29 minutes to put up 17 and 11 with just two turnovers, a solid game for D'Lo. But again, point of attack defense, man, not great. Uh in terms of duds, Nas Reed gets a dud for me in this game. Not I, He was a big reason. He ended up only a minus four in the plus minus column. But again, individual game plus minus tons of noise there for individual players in that column. But early second quarter, early fourth quarter, Nas was on the floor when the Wizards, it really just kind of felt like they were stepping on the Timberwolves neck. And, and this should have been the other way around. The Wolves should have been bullying the Wizards. But Nas just had a rough game at both ends of the floor. Four points on one of six shooting in 13 minutes, 0 of three, missed all three of his three-point attempts, believe they were all above the break. And of course, Nas does not shoot the three ball well above the break. He's like a little under 30%, I believe, in non-corner three-point attempts. Uh, he's good from the corners, not so much above the break. Uh, two rebounds for Nas in 13 minutes. And again, four points on six shots for Nas Reed. So he is the dud in this game. Um, which, by the way, that brings me to my last point, which is aside from studs and duds, but a good time to bring it up. The Timberwolves were a minus 14 on the glass. They were out rebounded 52 to, to 38. I talked about this leading into the game on Tuesday. The Wizards aren't exactly like a phenomenal rebounding team. They're 26th in offensive rebound percentage. They were able to grab nine offensive rebounds in this game. Second chance points were a factor. And they're 16th in defensive rebounding. So middle of the pack, defensive rebounding-wise, the Timberwolves only had six offensive rebounds in this game. Three of them by Towns on his own, I think at least two of the three were his own misses, point blank. But the biggest culprits for the Wolves in not pulling their weight on the glass, Malik Beasley, one rebound in 32 minutes. By the way, he did nothing in any column except for the scoring column, except for his single rebound. No assists, no steals, no blocks, no turnovers, no fouls. It's like Beasley was hardly even there besides his 14 points on 11 shots, four of eight shooting from outside the arc. Vando had a fairly quiet game, six rebounds in 20 minutes. Um, and again, Nas, just the two rebounds in 13 minutes. But the Wolves only had three players of six or more rebounds. They had only one player that had more than six rebounds. So that was Carl Thitty Towns with his 10. Again, size continues to confound the Timberwolves. Good rebounding teams or even decent rebounding teams that have a good night like the Wizards continue to give the Timberwolves all kinds of trouble, and that is a major problem going into the playoffs, something we'll talk about more later this week. All right, that's all we have for you today on the show. Again, we are going to start the post-game postcast here very soon, the 10, 10 12-minute live shows. We'll have a special guest on those shows each night, and uh, we'll have some guests on the program here soon, too. And we're launching some different initiatives at Lockdown, uh, the Lockdown Network and Lockdown Minnesota. So be sure to stay tuned for all that. Thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find this show. You can also follow on Twitter at LockdownTWolves and my account at BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Again, Lockdown Wolves is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. And as long as you're making us your first listen, you can make your second listen, Lockdown Now or the Lockdown NBA podcast. Lockdown experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday, in less than 30 minutes, it's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.